Howdy, and welcome to the season two premiere of Midnight Pell, scholarships and financial aid podcast from Texas A&M University. I am Emily Spaulding, a graduate student working in the Office of Scholarships and Financial Aid. And I'm Jake Mason, a financial aid advisor in the same office. Today, we are going to talk about TASFAs, ISFAs, and different financial aid applications outside of your traditional FAFSA, which is the free application for federal student aid. And that was a lot of acronyms, but we're going to have pass it over to Jake, who's going to explain what those applications are, who's eligible for them, and kind of just give us an overview of financial aid applications and what they do. First, a little bit of background. Uh, these applications are primarily for students that are unable to complete a FAFSA. And you want to bear in mind that the FAFSA is available to both United States citizens as well as a few eligible non-citizens. These are going to include students that are permanent residents or have refugee or asylee status. So for the most part, our students who are Texas residents but not United States citizens, as well as our international student population, they're able to fill out two different applications we offer. The first one is the TASFA, Texas Application for State Financial Aid. And this application is actually from the state of Texas. It's available to a student that attends any Texas school. And these students, the population, are going to be Texas residents that are not U.S. citizens or otherwise unable to complete a FAFSA. This includes groups like students who came on a study abroad or not study abroad exchange and graduated from a Texas high school, students that are undocumented, things like that. This application is available both in a paper and electronic format. The entire state is moving to an electronic TASFA, but Texas A&M being the leaders in our wonderful state have actually developed our own internal electronic TASFA or e-TASFA, and we invite students to complete it either via their Howdy portal or they can always still submit a paper one if they feel more comfortable doing that. The application is designed to be as close to the FAFSA as possible because essentially it's ascertaining the same information. Each e-TASFA or regular TASFA needs to be submitted with parent tax documents. And so parent as well as student tax documents, both are dependent and independent TASFA students can still submit a TASFA, but we do require that additional information. So you said that the TASFA is looking for the same information that the FAFSA would. Maybe the people listening to this aren't sure exactly what that information is. So can you just tell us a little bit of an overview of why fill out a financial aid application at all and what exactly does filling this out do for our students? Well, the main thing is keeping in mind, in a lot of cases, and, and this is for our listeners that are possibly TASFA eligible and don't realize it, or, you know, if you're someone that you know a TASFA student or you advise TASFA students, the main thing is keeping in mind, you know, if you're unable to complete a FAFSA, all is not lost. There is still funding available for you. Now, in all honesty, it's not quite as much as you would get from the FAFSA. You're not eligible for federal student loans, for example. But there is state funding that's available to TASFA students, and we do encourage the TASFA students to submit applications. And, and primarily, like you said, it, it is asking for FAFSA-related information. So let, let's say hypothetically you're an incoming freshman, and you're uh, we sometimes use the term Senate Bill students. As a little bit of history, the state of Texas was actually one of the first states in the United States that offer aid applications to students who are otherwise unable to complete the, the FAFSA. There's only a handful it's primarily border states with Mexico as well as Minnesota, and Texas was one of the leaders in that. So the state of Texas provided for this in Senate Bill 512 back in the early 2000s, and, and the TASFA application has just grown since then. But basically, each TASFA student is 
essentially selected for verification automatically. So that means that we have to verify information submitted with the TASFA. So that's why, you know, like I said, you're an incoming student, um, you're wanting to, you're a Senate bill student, and you're wanting to complete a TASFA. We're going to assume that you're, you're a dependent student because we're going to say you're, you know, 18, 19 years old. So you're going to submit your parents' tax information. That's either their tax filing from two years prior or a tax transcript as well as any W-2s. And then if you worked and filed taxes, it'd be the same thing. You would submit your tax information as well as W-2s. It's not just the application that you send off. Um, you want to make sure that you send us or provide us with your financial information as well. Because like I said, we're running the same calculation to determine an expected family contribution that is for our FAFSA students. And so that's why it's important to be as thorough as possible. Yeah, and with those documents, don't feel like you need to be taking all these notes right now, like listening to the podcast. You'll either get an email from our office detailing the exact documents that you need to submit to us, which you can do via your financial aid portal, fax them to our office, turn them in um, in person. You cannot email them. We do not accept documents that way. Um, Or those will show up in your financial aid portal as like specifically you need to turn in this W-2 or this year's tax filing. So if you are going to be filling out a TASFA application, make sure to keep an eye on your email and on your portal and waiting for those documents to come in as saying that you need to submit them or once they've been reviewed, if there is any additional information that the office needs from you. And one thing to keep in mind is, and this is a little bit of how, how the sausage gets made, but we actually automatically request the documents based on what you indicate on the TASFA. So if you do the electronic TASFA, for example, you complete it, you submit it online, both you and your parent electronically sign or do a print signature. It actually flows over to our system and then we're able to request via your financial aid portal the relevant documents. So if you only indicated that you're you're a dependent student and only your parents worked, it's only going to ask for parent information as far as like tax documents and W-2s. But if you indicated you both worked, it'll ask for both of you guys. If you indicated you're an independent student, it's just going to ask for yours. So it is fairly smart, and it tries to ask for things based on what you indicate. But on the same side of that is if you indicate you answer a question incorrectly, that can sometimes throw your application kind of into a weird place. But that's always a good time to reach out to us because we can fix it. It's not 100% set in stone. Not the end of the world. If you realize that you have made a mistake or if circumstances have changed, reach out to our office via email or phone. Get in line to be advised in person or through callback with our um, phone advisors. So there are ways that you can contact us that we can make sure everything is as slick as possible. Our TASFA students, as I said, they're, they're primarily applying for state funding. One thing to keep in mind as well is they are also eligible for Aggie Assurance if they meet the other criteria. They do want to make sure that they keep the same application deadlines as with the FAFSA. Like I said, the state tries to keep as much in line with the FAFSA as possible. So the TASFA becomes available in October of every year, same as the FAFSA. And priority deadline uh, specifically for Texas A&M is January 15th. So you want to make sure you have everything submitted and completed before then. A lot of aid that is awarded is first come, first serve. So if you are going to be looking for aid, if you're submitting a TASFA or a FAFSA for that matter, getting your application submitted by that priority deadline is very important. And so the other side of that, the other application is the ISFA. And this is our international student financial aid application. 
this is actually unique to Texas A&M. And so this is for, if you imagine we have three, three sets of populations where students who can complete a FAFSA, so U.S. citizens and eligible non-citizens, students that complete a TASFA, and these are going to be Texas residents who otherwise can't complete a FAFSA. The ISFA is for our international students who don't fall in either category. And so this is an application for, again, limited state funding. It's a much more streamlined application, but it is still asking for roughly the same information as a FAFSA or a TASFA would. Now, primarily the students that are completing this are graduate students, so we don't see quite as much parent information. It's primarily student information, but we do ask that students complete their tax filing if they worked in the United States. If they did not work in the United States, but they worked in their home country, we would need that information as well. One thing to keep in mind that is a little unusual is that students that are on their first year, they're either F1 or J1 visa, are actually unable to apply. And this is primarily because if you're an international student listening to this, as you're aware of, you do have to prove that you are financially self-sufficient to be able to come here for your first year. So the application will become available to you on your second year. And we do encourage you to apply for it. And, and this is something we tell all students if they're FAFSA, TASFA, or ISFA. I can't guarantee you'll receive aid from any of those applications, but I can guarantee if you don't submit an application, you will not receive aid. The odds of you receiving aid are, are, are zero. So, And the way to find that application is a little bit different from the FAFSA or the TASFA. ISFA application can be found on our website. And once that becomes available, you can go to financialaid.tamu.edu to find the most up-to-date application as well as the application deadline on our website. It is paper. There are plans to make an electronic ISFA, but we haven't quite unlocked that technology on our tech tree uh, just yet. So, Luckily, it's not too long of an application, it is. so you're not filling out 30 pages of paper. So in the past, it actually used to be several pages. It was at least three pages, but our ISFA coordinator, Ms. Brenda Vasquez, has actually worked tirelessly over the last two years and really streamlining the application. So it is actually now down to a single page. Shout out to Brenda. Yes, Brenda's old Brenda's awesome. <laughs> you submit the actual application itself, as well as, as I indicated, you know, tax documents. One thing to keep in mind is, like I said, a lot of students feel like if there wasn't anything in the United States, that they don't have to report it. But if, you know, you worked in your home country, we do need that information as well. Or if you are a dependent student and we are asking for parent information, and they worked in their home country, you know, we have a lot of students that submit foreign tax documents, you know, from, from South Korea, Vietnam, Mexico, Iran, countries all over the world. The only thing that we ask, because we'll accept those documents, is that they be translated into English as well as their currency converted into U.S. dollars. And please don't pay someone to professionally translate them. You can translate it yourself, and, and we'll accept it. One thing to keep in mind with the ISFA is students are limited to $3,000 annually. So the maximum amount that a student can receive from the ISFA is $3,000 in the Texas Public Education Grant, or TPEG, because we do love our acronyms. If you do receive it in fall, spring, it would be capped at $3,000. Other resources that are available to these students, whether you are undocumented, international, TASFA, Senate Bill, ISFA, whatever, you know, as I just said, you know, ISFA students, for example, are limited to that $3,000 a year, and and that obviously helps a ton, but it doesn't go very far, especially if you're paying non-resident tuition. So other options that are available, because students are never really in a situation, except in extreme circumstances where they're just completely, you know, out of luck. 
we can advise and help with just about anything. And so in both cases, as I mentioned earlier, these the student populations are not eligible for federal student loans. But that's not to say that there aren't private educational lenders that will lend to non-citizens. Now, a lot of them are probably going to require a U.S. citizen co-signer, but we do ask that students be thorough in their research. Although we're prohibited by federal law from encouraging one lender over another, we actually have a search engine, Elm Select, which is Elm is in the tree, select.com, and it allows students to search, and they can actually indicate if they're a non-citizen, and it narrows it down because some lenders specifically lend to this population of students. One thing to kind of keep in mind is these loans, simply because they kind of are outside, um, they all have their own interest rates, they all have their own applications, their repayment terms, and they also tend to take a little bit longer to process. We usually tell students to keep in mind about seven to ten business days to give us time to process them. But that's just mainly to assure students and their families that there are options available. There are resources available. Now, granted, they may be loans, and that's no one's favorite. But, you know, if you're in it, you're in it to win it. Yeah, and um, before we wrap up on the topic of TASFES and ISFES, I just want to reiterate, we sometimes have students who are nervous to fill out specifically the, the TASFA due to their immigration status or their documentation status of either the student or the student's um, parents or family. And just want to reiterate that we will not take your information and give it to anyone else. We only care about your immigration status so that we can help you fill out the correct financial aid application, but we are not going to turn you in. We don't even give that information to the larger Texas A&M system. That's not something that we do. Your information is completely private and we definitely do not share it with anyone um, inside or outside of Texas A&M. We just want to make sure that you are getting the aid that you are eligible for and that is really all that matters to us as an office. Absolutely and the information only stays within the relevant advisors in our office so it's very few eyes actually looking at it and as you indicated you know student information even if you're a non-citizen is still protected by federal privacy laws specifically FERPA and so Texas A&M does not share that information with any outside source, any outside agency, or, or as Emily indicated, really even internally, it's very limited. So don't be afraid. Don't be nervous. Send in your applications today. Yeah, and if you have any questions about which application to fill out or any questions when you actually start filling out the application of I'm not sure which documents to include or what information to put, please reach out to us. Please read our website. We do have extensive information on both the TASFA and the ISFA applications um, at financialaid.tamu.edu. And you can also reach out to our office via email, walk-in advising, or phone advising. We are here to serve you and help you in any way that we can. And before we wrap up today, um, I do want to give a special shout out to my co-host. She is now a proud graduate of Texas a University. She graduated this May with a master's degree, and we are very proud of her and very excited for her the next chapter. She is currently job hunting. Fingers crossed she stays <laughs> here, primarily because I have no clue how to do editing <laughs> for podcasts. Jake is looking at the soundboard like, I don't know if the podcast <laughs> will have a season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of these levers and dials look pretty intense. But I just thank you for, for being here, uh, Midnight Pell. We could not do it without you. I'm literally just a voice, <laughs> and that's it. Midnight Pell is the brainchild of Jake. 
but I helped with the execution. And I think that we've made a great dynamic duo over the past year of making the podcast, but two years of working in the office. And I have really, really enjoyed my time and I'm sad to see it come to an end. Bigger and better things. You're off to conquer the greater world. I am very glad to be done with homework, finally, after 18 (laughs) years of being in school. (laughs) Well, I mean, now we just have to wait for you to come back and do your PhD. You know what? It might happen. Dr. Spaulding has a great ring to it. Dr. Spaulding sounds like a Marx Brothers character. I think it kind of sounds like Dr. Strange. I don't know why that was the first thing I I thought of. Uh, Just a little Marvel plug there. (laughs) Just as a reminder, the best way to get in contact with us is use our Get In Line feature, which is located on our website. By electing to use Get In Line, you can request a callback from a phone advisor, or you can set up a time to visit our office in person. We are available and open to students Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., so come on by. We're here during the summer for NSCs. We're happy to talk to you and your family, anybody you want to bring in. We will talk to you about financial aid, probably more than you ever wanted to know. (laughs) And if you use that get in line feature, you can be at the MSC or in the library or anywhere and get in line to meet with an advisor in person. So there's no more waiting around, waiting in our office or waiting for people to be finished. You can just walk up and speak to someone directly. And the phone advising, you can be anywhere. You can be, you know, climbing the Rockies or on the beach in Florida or on the Great Lakes, and get in line and talk to a phone advisor. It's as easy as that. One, two, three. Thank you all so much for listening to um, Midnight Pell and for joining us over the last year. I think we've hit about our year mark. So happy anniversary birthday to Midnight <laughs> Pell, and um, thank you all so much for listening. Yes, and please leave a review, comments, give us those stars, if whatever, thumbs up, likes, hearts, whatever podcast delivery vehicle you use whatever way you can send a review please do so because that's how we get paid (laughs) not really not really (laughs) but that would be nice (laughs) all right thanks Thanks and and giggle. giggle